This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Okay, so we are changing the subject. And this weekend, Canadian Joshua Boyle and his American (laughs) wife, Caitlin Coleman, and their three children were released with great fanfare after five years as hostages. They were prisoners of the Haqqani Network, an al-Qaeda affiliate in Afghanistan. All of their kids were born in captivity. After their release, Boyle accused his captives of murdering his infant daughter and raping his wife. A Taliban spokesman has denied those allegations. But meanwhile, one Canadian legal expert says that uh, the captors could one day be brought to justice in this country. But there are lots of questions about this entire story. Boyle, of course, used to be married to Zainab Khadr, who is Omar Khadr's notorious sister. And at first, the story was that he and his then pregnant wife just happened to be hiking in the area and they inadvertently crossed the border and were taken. Now he's saying they were helping villagers living under the Taliban. So um, I've got to say that to me, um, all of this just doesn't quite add up. I want to hear from you, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And I am here with security and terrorism expert, Ross McLean. Hi, Ross. How are you doing, Libby? Fine. You know, I have to tell you, if I decided to write this as a book, you know, a fiction book, I don't think people would say it's too ridiculous. I won't, uh, you wouldn't get it published. Okay. So what, what do you make of it? Well, what I make of it is is it's nothing what it appears to be on the surface is what it looks like to me. I mean, uh, let's just look at this. You have a a guy growing up in Ottawa to a Catholic parent and an Anglican parent who goes to a Mennonite private school, who's a Star Wars fan, who after, uh, you know, 9-11 happens, he becomes fascinated with terrorism, starts writing terrorism articles on Wikipedia. He goes from that to uh, getting involved in the Omar Khadr uh, situation so much so that he finds himself with his sister and then marrying his sister for a year or so, leaving his sister after a year or so of marriage. Omar's to, sister, not his own sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Omar's sister. Uh, to go meet a girl on a Star Wars fan page website to marry from America, to then <laughs> find himself walking with her pregnant through the hills of Af- Afghanistan where he's taken hostage with his family. Uh, it doesn't sound like to me this was just someone who's off to do it. You know, He gave a statement the other day when he came back off the plane, he landed in Canada, and he actually seemed a little happy with himself. You could see him smiling as he liked the attention that he was getting over this for doing it. And then when he went on to talk about his captors uh, with her written statement, he called them stupid. They're stupid. And I, I have a feeling he thinks they're stupid because I think he was going over there to somehow help And I don't think he got the reception that he wanted. And so he thinks that they're stupid for not perhaps using him in the right way or something like that. Well, he also alluded to um, things got bad uh, after he 
quote, turned down an offer? I mean, the one thing I could think of, and of course this is, you know, complete speculation, the, the, those places are full of rival militias, rival factions, is that perhaps when he they were so-called helping villagers, he was working with some kind of rival faction to the Haqqani network, and thus they were taken? Um I don't know. It, well, it's hard to believe. Another scenario that I think is quite likely is he was over there hoping to run into them, hoping to become involved. Because look at his 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 focus was not on aid for people who are in a bad thing. That's what he's saying now. His focus always before was his love of terror and what happened with terrorism and writing about it and following it and getting involved with it. So, you know, my suspicion is he's over there. They might have been saying, hey, send over a couple of million dollars for the Hakani Network and they'll let us go. But meanwhile, he's not really being held per se. That's that's a, a possibility in my mind. What do you mean not really being held? He just... He went over there. He got involved with them. They said, hey, let's do a hostage tape. Maybe we'll get Canada to send over a few million dollars and release you. So the network, it's like him oh, raising money. Oh, you're saying money. the whole thing was a, a, a ruse. That's a possibility, I guess. Quite possibly. There's there's some uh, unnamed sources in U.S. intelligence who are saying that they don't think it's any coincidence that he found himself wandering there in Afghanistan. Well, that well that that would be, frankly, ridiculous. Come on, with, with a wife who's five months pregnant? I mean, like, talk about remember that book holidays from hell (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean that's ridiculous for your wife and for your child and the fact that if you're going to be held over there for five years they let you have three three children while you're over there you know it's it's just a little bit it's a little bit out of line you know something else is going on with this too which was kind of strange they're saying u.s intelligence saw this they work with pakistan intelligence And at first, we weren't sure if it was a firefight to free them or if it was a deal to free them. They're claiming firefight to free them, and they're out there. But don't forget, this little area that it happened in, uh, Nangahar uh, province, that's where the U.S. earlier this year dropped the Moab, the mother of all bombs. That's the very area where they dropped it. So no doubt there's some pressure that's going on the Taliban, the Haqqani network, and some other things. So we're just going to have to wait to find out what we know about this, but it certainly looks bizarre to me at well, this point. Well, it's true. They were allowed to have a family life, which seems odd, but but he said they were also locked up and the kids, you know, lived under very primitive conditions. I mean, you've got to, your heart has to go out to those children who've had this life. Well, most definitely. And, and isn't that the story that we hear about uh, Omar Khadar, that it was his parents that got him into being the child soldier, and we should feel sorry for him for doing it. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if he actually gets a good debriefing uh, by Canadian authorities and or not with U.S. authorities, because certainly you want to find out who's in this network, who's leading it, who gave commands, identify people. There'll be a trove of intelligence that uh, that will want to know about this group. And is he going to cooperate with that or not? We don't know. And, uh, you know, he was talking in um, one of the interviews about true Islam. They say they're Muslim. They're not. I mean, from his appearance, uh, the way he had his hair and his beard, he looked to be religious. His wife uh, was wearing, uh, you know, she was covered, uh, though she might have been required to be covered when she was in captivity, if she was in captivity. Um, well, there's a claim by co-workers who used to work with Joshua that when he was at work, he would take time off to go to the prayers, the same right. as a Muslim. And there was a belief that he had converted. Well, no, they, I think that would 
seemed pretty clear that he yeah. converted. Uh, yeah. So he's certainly a sympathizer to the cause. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, not because he's a Muslim, obviously, but he oh, because certainly he's, because he's he... a converted Muslim who oh, married the yeah. sister of yeah. a terrorist who went and joined in protest here in Canada against, uh, I think, President Obama and, and some other things when they went on. So he was an active protester in it and an obvious fanboy for it. Uh, but it just it's uh, I don't know. The term that comes to my mind for these ones, and maybe I'm being unfair here, not too terribly polite, is useful idiot for someone like this, that they would get involved and go over there and think somehow, I don't know, they're going to change the world or they want to be terrorists or they want to stop. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay, let's uh, take a call from Joan in Oshawa. Hi, Joan. Hi, Libby. I have a tendency to agree with your guest. There's too many holes in the story. And on top of that, what man in his right mind will have his pregnant wife going up and down hills and dales and everything else. I, th- I actually think that he went over there to join up if he wasn't already joined up because, there's, as I said, there's too many holes in the story, and they just don't make sense. And I don't believe that the children were locked up, you know, and, and that because... They certainly looked fed, you know, well fed. So there's there's something definitely that is not right with uh, Mr. Boyle's story. You know, one of the issues, too, when you're, you're a terrorist organization like the Sakani Network, and they were named a terrorist network by Obama in 2012 uh, for doing this, is when you do have a prisoner and you're doing these things, it's... They have to be on the move all the time because they know the U.S. is looking for them. They have drones out there. They're tracking signals. They have people on the ground. They know that they're being looked for. So to hold a prisoner that's a couple with three children and move them around, I mean, that's almost more trouble than it's worth, really. You know, you'd almost say, like, let's, okay, no one's going to pay any money for you. Just get the heck out of here, right? Because we're not going to be dragging you around. You're slowing us down. Uh, Yeah, Joan, thanks for your call. You're very welcome. Have a great day, both Thanks. of you. Thank you. Let's Thanks, go to uh, Bob in Toronto. Hi, Bob. Yeah, I just have a quick question for your guest. If Omar's worth uh, ten million, how much is his brother-in-law worth? I'll I'll drop off and listen. Thanks. <laughs> well, how much would that uh, rescue? How much would? <laughs> Do you have any idea how much would that cost or the Pakistanis did it? Do do they have to be reimbursed or how does that well, work? Well, th- this is the other bigger, the macro picture in all this. And uh, I'm sure the caller was a little bit facetious in asking yeah. about how much money this is. But it's it's a question that comes up because of the last payment. But look, you know, Pakistan, you know, we're talking a lot about Iran and uh, North Korea. But Pakistan is a nuclear country and is somewhat unstable with its leadership. They get... Millions and millions, I think even potentially billions of dollars in aid from the U.S., and that's to keep them on side. Sort of. Uh, To keep them on side some of the time, sort of. Exactly, (laughs) which is kind of the point here, that, uh, you know, when they do polling in Pakistan, they say everybody hates the, you know, the American devil, if you will, for doing it. And so this is a time when actually the Pakistani intelligence services, if we're to believe the, the, the narrative here, cooperated and worked to do something with the U.S. against them in this little province where they run back and forth out of the American sites. So the question is there, does that indicate that there's been more of a leaning now and that the president's had a little bit of action in that area. Don't forget, we've seen some other changes in the area. The president is uh, decertifying the Iran deal. He's had Saudi Arabia, who suddenly all of a sudden turned around to decide that women can drive. 
And they also uh, threw out about a thousand uh, uh, crazy uh, Muslim clerics. They, they said they threw them out of the mosque because they said they were too extreme. And all of a sudden, they're allowed to buy, you know, a missile defense system now that's going to go up. And make no doubt about it, that's about Iran being up there. So. Are things starting to lean the U.S.'s way overall with all the chess pieces? It's a bit of a game of risk. It's hard to tell what exactly is going on behind the scenes of this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, This is a fascinating conversation. We have to take a quick break. But right after, we're going to come back with more from Ross McLean. And we'll take more of your calls on this very strange, strange story. Before we go, the number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we'll be right back. Success, failure, triumph, scandal. These are the stories behind the stars. Each week, Larry Jackson shines a celebrity spotlight on one of the greatest names in entertainment. A unique character who cut a broad swath through the dirty 30s and well beyond. On the music side of her life, there are now 60 albums. Celebrity Spotlight with Larry Jackson. Intriguing biographies of extraordinary people. Saturday afternoons at 3.30 on Zoomer Radio. With a daily grand lottery, you could win $1,000 a day for life. It's like getting money from your grandma for your birthday. But instead, uh, your birthday's every day. And you don't get a $5 bill with a spoil-yourself note. Nope, you get $1,000 every day. Also, on October 16 and 19, there are even more chances to win with our bonus draws. There are five bonus prizes of $25,000 a year for life to be won each draw. Daily Grand, available at your lottery retailer. Get your tickets now. Professional designer, Jackie Glass. If you've invested in finished hardwood floors, it's important to keep them clean. I absolutely love the Swiffer Wet Jet. It's safe on finished hardwood flooring and dries quickly to let me get back to work. And to eliminate lingering odors, instead of just masking them, I spray Febreze Air Linen and Sky with Odor Clear technology. So when guests visit, they only notice my beautiful decor, not any unpleasant smell. To get coupons on these brands and more, Visit SomedayStartsToday.ca. This month, Acura is offering a $5,500 cash rebate on select 2017 MDX models. With standard Acura Watch features like collision mitigation braking system, adaptive cruise control, and lane-keeping assist system, it's safe to say you won't be sorry. Drive with confidence in an Acura. And now lease the 2017 MDX from 1.9% for 48 months or get a $5,500 cash rebate on other select MDX models. Visit AcuraGTA.ca for details. Acura. Precision. Crafted. Performance. Today, more and more Catholics are choosing cremation. At Catholic Cremation Services, our compassionate and experienced staff will assist you in making final arrangements that are in keeping with your wishes, no matter how simple or elaborate. For Catholics considering a cremation funeral, Catholic Cremation Services is here to help. For more information, contact us at catholic-cemeteries.com or 905-670-8801. The Chris Robinson Travel Show. On the trail of hobbits in the wilds of New Zealand or the Game of Thrones Seven Kingdoms in Ireland. See the world through your radio on the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Get a preview of our next show at chrisrobinsontravelshow.com. Then Journey with Chris, Saturday and Sunday at 11 on Zoomer Radio. This week, a lesson in islandology from the beaches of Fort Myers and Sanibel. 
Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Ross McLean, and we are talking about the story of Joshua Boyle and his family. They were rescued after five years in captivity, so the story goes. Uh, that's Joshua Boyle, his wife, his American wife, Caitlin Coleman, and three children who were born while they were hostages. Um, lots of very strange turns and twists to this story. Um, he accuses his captors of killing an infant daughter and raping his wife. They deny that. Uh, and uh, just um, seems strange. At first, the story was nice young couple just hiking, taken by the Hakani Network, which is an Al-Qaeda affiliate. Uh, now they're saying they were, quote, helping villagers under the Taliban. Uh, so... Let's go to the phones. We've got Joanne in Niagara. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Libby. Ross, I have a question for you. There was a video of this family a couple of years back, and they were very, very thin and very gaunt. And when he came back on the weekend, I would say he's plump without being offensive. There's an <laughs> obvious, maybe, maybe fat. Uh, there's an inexplicable weight gain. How is that possible for a hostage? Because when Taylor was kept in the Philippines, and we saw horrible pictures of him. He was very thin with the other man. I can't remember his name. So that is something that I took an observation about, is the weight gain. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, no, it's an excellent uh, observation. A very interesting point, yeah. Whenever you see hostages that are being uh, cruelly held, I mean, you see that they're not being fed, they're, they get gaunt, they lose weight, they're, they're put down to nothing, water not fed very well, and that's used as a way also of extracting information from them and doing things like that. So that's another part that doesn't fit. And as another caller had said, the children all look, from the picture anyways, what you're able to, they didn't look sil, sick or, skinny. Ill or skinny or that sort of thing. So it would indicate that you're being fed. And, and as I said, when you're part of that terrorist network over there, if he was actually in with the terrorist network, those people are on the run 24-7. They won't stay in the same place. They're, they're always on the run. Let me ask you this. I know sometimes uh, these various factions, they sometimes trade hostages. Is it possible that someone else was holding them and not feeding them? And I don't know. <laughs> well, they do. They, there is trading of hostages. Uh, they do that. It, it, you know, they say, said that they're, being, that they're held in a prison. But, I mean, that whole area would have been scoured by the U.S. Special Forces and the drones and the satellite pictures and everything if they were to be held in a, in a prison somewhere. They'd know where they are. It just, everything for me uh, adds up that he was a terror fan, like a fanboy, like he was of Star Wars. He thought that this was interesting and romantic, and I'm going to go off and do this. And he got married to the terrorist uh, sister of of Omar, who was, her job was recruiting and speaking for the, the cause and all that. And the next thing you know, he's over there and he's, quotes being held. It just, it just all doesn't add up. And I said, I have a feeling, like, look, I've met some of the people that have come out of Afghanistan uh, who are working with our forces as interpreters and things like that. And I've talked to them about what life is like over there. And it's a pretty hard life. Yeah. You don't have time, as this caller says, to put on weight. You're working hard. You're doing stuff. You're, you're carrying heavy equipment. You're moving around. Um, and I just think that a, a chubby Star Wars fan 
you know, who's a bit of a fanboy, he leaves Ottawa to go over there, would have been looked at by these guys. I mean, they're hardened fighters, those people over there. They are as hard as fighters as they get. And, you know? and again, um, you know, uh, terrible uh, if the claim is true that his wife was raped, but she did have three children, and there didn't seem to be doubt in his mind that they were his children. So... Yeah, well, you know, that, that's an interesting thing, too, because all of a sudden you have the Taliban saying, well, hold on, don't ruin our reputation. We wouldn't mm. rape somebody, you know, oh. and we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't kill your child sort of thing. So and I, I've had it pointed out that he read that off of a statement for saying that. But if you're going to kill someone's child and then, as he says, allegedly assault his wife in front of him while people are standing guard and doing things like that, how does that add up with the rest of his captivity? It doesn't make sense. It, it just doesn't add up. Well, I mean, you know, uh, if, if ISIS is any indication, I, I wouldn't doubt that she was raped at some point, maybe by somebody. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that, given the going on and, and terrible, uh, poor woman. Um, it's quite possible. We don't know uh, yeah. as well that if she's a convert or not, and that obviously makes a difference uh, to them over there in this group. I mean, the Haqqani Network is very much uh, Sharia law. They want it that sort of Islam established sort of thing. So they've got their rules, if you will. And I'm not talking for them. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense that on one side I'm going to murder your child and on the other side you can have three other children and you can eat a lot and how are you doing tonight? Okay, goodbye. It's a little bit strange. Okay. Uh, thanks for your call, Joanne. That was an excellent point. Let's go to uh, Vern in Waterdown. Hello, Vern. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Well, I'm really curious about this because... <clears throat> I don't know whether where I heard it, but when he first got released, um, there was an American plane there. Oh, he's denied that. Eh? He's denied that. So when there was a report that he refused to board an American transport plane um, that was uh, going to stop, I forget where. And and then we heard his father on camera saying, well, maybe that was against his principles. But then he denied that. Uh, he said there was no plane that he refused to get on. Uh, so I don't know. It's a, just a question of whether we believe that. But uh, he denied well, I heard, that. I heard that he, he did. There was a plane there. And the reason that he didn't go on to the plane going back to the U.S. was because he was afraid of being prosecuted in the U.S. Well, that, that was, as I said, the original report, and he denied that um, a day afterwards. Um, but uh, who knows with this story? Thanks, Vern. Well, he certainly had, you know, Libby, he had the chance to go to the U.S. or Canada. He said he wanted to go to Canada. The U.S. said they'd take him anywhere he wanted to go, so they took yeah. him to Canada. And now, I don't recall, but it's interesting, I don't recall him thanking uh, the U.S. intelligence services for helping to get him freed in I think he thanked the Pakistani military. but He I did. He did. I don't remember him thanking the U.S. for their intelligence services for helping to free them. Hmm. So maybe there is a little something there as to what the last caller, Vern, said. Well, do you, do you believe him when he said that that didn't happen, that he refused to board an American plane? Uh, well, we don't know. We didn't hear that from anywhere. Uh, he, you know, he claimed he only spoke to one U.S. soldier, and that soldier was very respectful and courteous to him. So... It's not that big a deal to me whether he did or didn't. It's, uh, I'd, I'd rather find out what exactly he was doing there and if he's cooperating right now to give intelligence information to our forces because we're all fighting over there. 
Okay, let's go to uh, Jim and Pickering. Hi, Jim. Hi, good uh, good afternoon to you both. You know, I'm sorry I didn't catch this off the top, but I've heard this, I've been listening to this story, and the thing that struck me right away, it still does, who in their right mind living under those conditions would just continue to have children, you know? I mean, you know, and especially if your wife's being raped and you're being mistreated, why would you have children? He must have been held prison in the honeymoon suite or something. <laughs> you know what? This, let, me, let, me, let me point something out with your great callers here today, uh, Libby. One of the things that goes on now today uh, is when something like this happens, it gets out to everybody. Everybody gets to see it. And everybody gets a chance to analyze and find a, a, a piece of the pie, if you will, or a piece of the puzzle. And everybody sees something. You know, even uh, with what we have going on down Las Vegas, trying to put that one together, too, the sheriff down there called the public and the press a force multiplier. Because when you put this information out, all kinds of people pick up and see things, and, and they bring something to your attention you might not otherwise think of. And it helps to... It helps to shape the picture, actually. So some some very astute callers here. Well, yeah, I was wondering about that, too, that, you know, that normally, you know, they might have taken the woman and turned her into a sex slave or something like that, something horrible like that. Um, yeah, it is. And, and I didn't think of, of what Joanne pointed out, that, yeah, he was really well fed. <laughs> Chubby, well-fed, and as this caller says, allowed to be in, you know, the honeymoon suite, if you will. I mean, uh, it makes the point. That paints a picture that says what exactly were they doing. It doesn't make any sense if you're being held because you're not, you know, you're an American, you're a Canadian, we're at war with you, and we're going to do this stuff. Uh, None of it it is adding up, and uh, I I think it's going to be a a misadventure sort of thing that went on. But I I really want to find out, is he cooperating now? I want to know this because there's some there's some desperate bad things going on with this with this network over there. Okay, Jim, thanks for your call. Uh, Ross, uh, we're we're just about out of time, so let me end with this question: What do you think the chances are that we ever find out what actually went on here? Well, you know what, someone like him, I got a feeling he's going to want more attention. He's he's not done with yet, right? He, the 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 pattern that he has for getting involved in stuff and chasing after it and wanting to have something to do with it, I don't think he's done yet. So I think we're going to hear more from him, and that'll either sort of confirm or leave some holes in where the whole story is for the, these different things. So I think there'll be more interviews to come, Libby. Okay, well uh, we wait and see. I'm certainly very very curious on this one and it is what a what a weird strange story and thank you so much for your insights on it ross thanks libby you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.